It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Bengals have lost their third game on the final play of an NFL game in the 2022 season. Two and three. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. The Bengals lost. That's not great. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, covering your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. This episode of Lockdown Bengals is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players, and if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection, and you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. You're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKDOWN at prizepicks.com with promo code LOCKDOWN. All right, James, uh, the offense did not click. And that's what we were talking about before this game. There was an opportunity in this game for the passing offense to figure some things out. The Ravens have not been a good defense this year against the pass. And instead, the lukewarm, tepid start to the year for this passing offense continued. Joe Burrow continues to not look like the Joe Burrow we saw last year for some reason or another. And we're going to be talking again this week about an offense that hasn't figured it out against too high defensive coverage structures. And I know you're sick of it, and that's where we are. No, you know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of thinking that this offense is going to turn it around just in general. I don't give a damn if it's too high, 17 high. I don't care if Jesus himself is playing safety. They are too talented to come here at M&T Bank Stadium, where I still am, and score 17 points. What are we talking about? 17 points? Like We're not talking about Brandon Allen throwing to Stanley Morgan. and like that. That's the offense that scores 17 points on the road. Not Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. You can't count T. Higgins because he uh, either re-aggravated it or was battling through it, and I didn't really get clarity, clarity there on that ankle sprain. But clearly he wasn't right. But Tyler Boyd, does he exist, by the way? Like, too high. It, it should be like, okay, fine. Well, 83 is going to have 13 catches. 13. And you're going to have to come down on him, and then it's going to open things up for Chase. I just – Look, the, when they – after that first down on their first play, the offense was awful, awful. It was awful to watch. They got nothing going. It, it, they couldn't get the run going uh, initially. The, the pass game was not working right. You're right. Joe Burrow doesn't look the same. And I don't know what it is. You know, on the Patrick Queen interse- interception, I asked, did you see Patrick? He's like, I didn't see him. I said, nope, didn't see him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's three points, and that three points is the difference. 
right? And and there's a lot of those things. And, you know, Zach Taylor is going to take a lot of heat. Zach Taylor should take a lot of heat. Because when you're the play caller of a team that has Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I'm not going to say T. Higgins, and Joe Mixon, who looked good tonight, Samaj P. Ryan, who I thought played well tonight, Hayden Hurst, who played well tonight, and you put up 17 points, you should get criticized for whatever the case is. I, you know, oh, it was the right look, or it was the right this, or they wouldn't criticize you. Wouldn't criticize them if it worked. Okay, it's fine. But now it's five games of not working. It's it's five games of the offense being kind of, eh, at times showing flashes the past couple of weeks, but it was awful on, on Sunday. And if they had found a way to win at 17-16, a lot of what I said would still be said that way. It was it was ugly, and it is they do not look like a playoff team right now. They don't look like one of these contending teams, and that stinks because now it's October. We're we're talking about Halloween. We're talking about uh, you know fall, and people are talking about oh man, it's it's fall. I can't wait to cozy on up pumpkin spice lattes and all that. Yeah, everybody's talking about fall now. Well, the Bengals are still playing like it's July, and offenses start slow in training camp but it's not camp anymore. And you look up and now they're two and three. And that's uh, that's a painful loss, Jake. That's a, it's a really tough loss that much like that Pittsburgh week one one, I think we're going to look back on that one. I think we'll look back on this one as well. Yeah, at least in this case, Baltimore is not an objectively awful football team. No, they're not. The way Pittsburgh is. But neither loss is good. Neither loss is really excusable. And it comes down on the offense, and the offense comes down on Zach Taylor. The head coach is also responsible for the play calling. He's also responsible for getting the team into and out of the right stuff against the right looks or whatever it is. And after getting a ton of press man from the Dolphins last week, in week four on Thursday night, when the offense seemed to find some plays, they found some explosives, we're right back to the same issue of there's this particular thing that isn't hard to do, that everyone in the, de- in, in the NFL is doing on defense, that the Bengals still don't have answers for, that Joe Burrow still doesn't have an answer for, or Zach Taylor still doesn't have an answer for. And I'm not sure where exactly, specifically, the, the fault is. You can point to play calling at times, absolutely. You can point to just general offensive design at times. These things all come back to coaching. You can point to the play of the quarterback. I don't think Joe Burrow has played well this year. I would say this is probably the worst five-game stretch of his career, even with a relatively solid performance against Miami. He wasn't good tonight. He didn't really do anything. And, you know, we have to watch the tape. I have to watch the tape. I have to see what was going on down the field. You don't get to see that on TV. But, you know, after the first few drives, it was it was even painful after that, even after they figured out the run and the gun. It was still painful, and that is the one silver lining, by the way. Well, there's two silver linings. One of them is the run game out of the gun. The other one is the defense. We'll get to talk about both of those, but it it makes sense that we're starting and spending all this time on the passing offense because it's, again, a game where Joe Burrow is throwing the ball underneath. There aren't manufactured, you know, easy matchups. There aren't manufactured open guys against these coverages, and these are the coverages that that criticism is pertinent to is these soft zone coverages. And when, when people talk about the Bengals' offense being static, not using pre-snap motion to their advantage, not moving Jamar Chase into the slot or running him out a bunch to 
potentially create some some conflict or some bumping into each other with defensive players. They're talking about it against these sorts of coverages. When it's press man, like it was last week, I don't care if you're asking Jamar Chase to beat XYZ player, T Higgins to beat Xavier and Howard one-on-one. You have these great outside receivers, they can win one-on-one. But when it's these zone coverages, that's when it's on the coach to make it easy for the offense. That's when it's on your play caller. That's when it's on your design to make it easier for Joe Burrow, to make it easier for Jamar Chase, who had 12 targets for only 50 yards, to make it easier to get the ball to Tyler Boyd, who had only four targets for 32 yards, James on three catches. And so for me, that's a big part of the criticism that last week I spent a lot of time defending because of what Miami was doing on defense. This week, that, that isn't the case. And, and it's easy to feel this way after a loss, after a close loss, after a divisional loss. It's easy to feel this way when we haven't seen the tape yet. But, you know, Jamar Chase is even saying after the game in the locker room, yeah, they're, they're clouding half the field. They're playing quarters on the other half. And if they're doing that out of too high the whole game, you, you, you need to have answers for that consistently. And they ran the ball effectively. That's great. That should have opened things up in the passing game. Hopefully that is the, the thing that happens out of this game. But for now, it's another week of, of the same stuff, James. And, and that doesn't even get to talking about the play calling on the goal line where they have three real head scratches on the two-yard line. So, you know, there's more we can get to here. But that is my rant about the specific criticisms about this offense that I thought played out in this game. And, and I don't have a defense for it all. Like, I, I wouldn't even want to. No. You don't. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that situation coming up in a second because that's going to be, that's the scenario. That's where the game was won and lost. That's where it was. Not, not when you went up 17, 16, because guess what? I, I that's told another Trags, problem. Was I, the time management in that part of the game? I, yeah. I told Trags, I was like, they're going to lose this game. They're going to go down and score when it was 16, 10. It's like, they're going to lose this game. They're going to take the lead because they're resilient. And then, Lamar Jackson's too good, and he's going to get 40 yards, and Justin Tucker's going to do what Justin Tucker does, and that's what happened. Look, Not too long. Yeah, it's uh, this this offense, it's just unacceptable. So all the criticism, I don't care what the tape says. I really don't. And I get it, we're going to do a tape. I don't care. You know what I care? It's 17 points. It's not enough. So figure it out. And they better figure it out. Because if not, Taysom Hill – well, he, he's going to put up big numbers on him, I guess. I don't know. I And, and we can get to the defense. Hey, dude, I'm just saying hey, the, the Saints with freaking Taysom Hill can score a bunch of points. Taysom yeah. Hill. All right. Yeah. I, I I watched it in the Lions were awful this week, but scored a ton of points with Jared Goff at quarterback. Like what the hell are the Bengals doing right now? That's the frustrating part. And the most frustrating part, I think, for fans was that goal line scenario at the end of the third quarter. We will get to that coming up next. But first, a word from Prize Picks because Prize Picks is daily fantasy. And whether uh, you want to take Patrick Mahomes or roll with a Derrick Henry or maybe it's a Cooper Cup, any of the stars, the way it works with Prize Picks is you pick two to five players. And you decide if they're going to score more or less than their prize picks uh, uh, their prize picks projection. Our guy Stan the Man, I know he's a regular listener. He's won a lot of money with prize picks by doing just that. And you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's you versus the projection. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. Obviously, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and withdrawals are safe and fast. Download Prize Picks 
or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 bucks, you're going to get 100 bucks with promo code locked on. If you deposit 50, you'll get 50. Again, use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with prize picks. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You're right that 17 points is the bottom line. I still think the tape has answers here and, and that's why we do the tape episodes, right? Bottom line is the offense needs to be better. You can't start the game with four and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Can't do it. Can't, can't, go in the second half and have Joe Burrow throw a pick against cover four out of play action because he doesn't see the linebacker. And then you only get two more possessions in the entire game and you take 28 plays to go 148 yards and get one touchdown out of it. Mm -hmm. So time management, definitely something that I want to talk about here at the end of the game because when both teams have three timeouts, you think you're going to use nine, 10 minutes at the end of the game. They take seven minutes and 44 seconds to go score that touchdown to go up 17, 16. But at some point when you started to get close to scoring, and I know that like Burrow a few times was looking for the kill shot on that drive and and had to check it down. I could see it that he's looking downfield It's covered. He has to check it down, but there needed to probably be a sense of urgency there. They're running the play clock down. They're using a lot of time on this drive where you're right. All, all the Ravens have to do is get to like the 50 yard line and Justin Tucker's kicking a field goal to win at home. Mm-hmm. And instead you could give yourself a little bit more time. So like I thought time management on that last offensive drive was not great. But before that on the second to last drive, the pick play, I, I don't have a problem with the pick play call on first and two. Hayden Hurst thought he got held, probably did get held, not always going to get that call. But then they go Philly special. Everyone's seen that play, as as many people have pointed out on social media. Everyone's seen Philly special a million times. And then they get some yards back on third down. They go for it on fourth and two. So here's the decision. They can kick a field goal. They can go for it. They go for it. Honestly, don't have a huge issue with the decision at this point. But then they go with his shovel pass to Stanley Morgan. You can argue, yeah, Lyle Collins is supposed to get in there and lead block. You can also argue that, yeah, the entire NFL seen this play too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, th- they're preparing for this in this spot at the two-yard line in two-point conversion situations. You have these guys, you have a quarterback whose strength is reading the defense quickly, getting the ball to where it's supposed to be, and, and you're kind of taking that away from him. 
on both of those plays. Don't love that. I hate it. I hate it. The shovel pass should never be called for the rest of time. Ever. Especially not on fourth down. Never. I don't care. I am. There is no more. Honestly. And I, I would say that if it worked. This is not hindsight. A shovel pass? And I don't care who it's to because it really doesn't matter. It's a shovel pass. Are you kidding? I, and you can yell out, well, all you want to be mad at him because he didn't lead block or do what I don't care about the execution. A shovel pass? That's the plan. Sometimes people have too much time and overthink it. And I just think Zach Taylor overthought it. I, I really do. It's first and goal at two. Score. Joe Mixon was running the ball well. Score. And I don't – I agree with you. The first down play – Hayden Hurst might have scored if he didn't get held, and he did, and, and he was upset about it and animated about it. But guess what? You're not going to get every call. The Philly special play, man, huh. and Mike Thomas would have been open like another half second. He would have been, but Burrow was covered, right? Like that was – that's a tough one. That was a uh, – It's just it's just too it's, out there. Teams know what it is when they see it. Well, and it – is is this the like here's the thing is like when you're doing stuff like that you're doing it in the Super Bowl because you have Nick Foles and they have Tom Brady right right yeah these are fine play calls if you have Brandon Allen at quarterback sure yeah trick everybody smoke and mirrors guess what Joe Burrow shouldn't need smoke and mirrors and I don't think they did Joe Mixon there should there shouldn't be a need for that uh in this scenario especially so Look, the element of surprise, you can argue that. Uh, but, yeah, the fourth down, have no issue with them going for it. I don't. But here's when I do have an issue. If you're going to decide to go for it and it's kick a field goal or shovel pass, I there will never be a time for the rest of my life, and be, even before this play, always you roll with Money Mac. I don't, give, I don't care if it's a 24-yard field goal, a 50-yard field goal, a 62-yard field goal. I don't care. If it's shovel pass or field goal attempt, I 100% of the time, 100%, this is the James Olytics talking right now. James Olytics, guess what? 100% of the time, I'm kicking the field goal with Evan McPherson. And, and so that's the problem to me is when, when people say, oh, well, going for it, it's it, it gives you this percentage chance to win versus this percent, and it changes it. That sounds great, okay? And that's awesome. But now take into consideration whether or not your play call was dumb. Okay. (laughs) And then that changes it, right? Because if you would have input it into the analytics and and then the James analytics calculations and it was, oh, shovel pass. Well, guess what? Things changed a bit. The math changes there a little. And and that's the part. That's the part of it is when you're when you decide to go for it in that situation, part of it is you feel like you have a play for that situation. Mm -hmm. And that was not a play that should have been anywhere near that situation. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah, I, I probably agree. I, I think that the, the thing about it for me is that that's what? not the decision you're making. Like, in a, if that is the decision you're making, you're right. But that's not the decision you're making. You're deciding, do you want to kick a chip shot field goal? which, by the way, was not a given for the Bengals after there was a high snap that led to an extra point to take the lead, almost being missed, got pushed right over 
the right upright, which technically is good, but if it had been a few feet lower, it would have doinked off the upright. Um, so not a given on a field goal, but the choice is you're kicking a field goal versus you're trusting Joe Burrow to make a play. And, and the ball was taken out of his hands on all three plays the Bengals called from the two-yard line. There's a pick play that that's always going to the pick play. There's there's not really a re- I, I, I actually I shouldn't say that I don't know what the backside of it was, but it's probably always going to the pick play. There's there's a Philly special. Joe Burrow doesn't get to make a decision to throw the ball there. There's there's a, a shovel pass. So that plus the situational stuff and and the way they ran that second or that last offensive drive of the game, the amount of time taken, just you know, you're setting yourself up for exactly the way the game ended. You haven't stopped the run the whole game on defense. DJ Reader's absence sorely missed. The defense generally played well. They couldn't stop the run. Baltimore had three timeouts. Baltimore com- completed a couple passes to Mark Andrews and ran the ball with Lamar Jackson and, and got the e- easy for Justin Tucker. 43. Field goal. And, yeah. and the Bengals didn't really have anything to say about it because they gave up a first down and then the clock was in the Ravens' hands. So we didn't talk about how good the run game was. I do want to get to that. I do want to talk about this defense a little bit more. So let's finish the show with a few positives and, and some things that they can potentially build on because there's a lot of questions that they have to answer. Uh, and, and we'll finish there coming up next. But if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puff yet, or built bars in general. I, I don't know where you've been. James has been talking about these and, and telling you how great they are for years, literally. And you should just get on board. But there's a new flavor of the built bar puff, the cookie dough built bar puff covered in chocolate with real cookie dough chunks. And I'm not talking about just some sort of snack. This is a protein bar, only 160 calories and 15 grams of protein in a chocolate-covered cookie dough chunk puff. I mean, we're, we're talking about dessert. 15 grams of protein, 160 calories. How do you beat that? Got that real chocolate on there. Love how they taste. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just a quick bite. Built is a perfect protein bar, and they taste better than the candy bar anyway. Go to built.com. You're going to get 15% off if you use promo code locked on 15 right now. That's promo code locked on 15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Now I got to tell you about Schultz and Sons, which we're ecstatic to be partnered with Schultz and Sons. And it's not only a Cincinnati tradition, but they're a part of an exclusive club. They're a member of the American Gem Society, they're also a member of the Non Shovel Pass society what what is ags the american gem society it means that not only can they sell you a beautiful diamond but they have the knowledge and the training to make sure you get the top quality as well only one in 20 jewelers are in this exclusive club and it's one of the many reasons why you got to get the schultz and sons whether you're looking for custom-made jewelry whether you're looking for just the exact piece that she's going to love whether it's earrings whether it's a hot take chain, whether it's a I hate shovel passes pendant, they have you covered at Schultz and Sons. Matt and his friendly staff know a lot about jewelry. They're also big time Bengals fans. And uh, I'm sure I speak for Matt when I say no more shovel passes. So come visit Schultz and Sons. They're a Cincinnati tradition located in the Kroger Expressway Plaza in Fort Mitchell, right off the exit 
on Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell. Plug it into your GPS, 2202 Dixie Highway. They have free parking, easy to get in, get out, and be on your way. When it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz and Sons. Let's hit a couple positives, James, before we get out of here after just one quote. One more negative. Sorry, guys. Joe Burrow said in his press conference after the game, there's just nothing down the field if teams are going to play us like they did today. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to read that in a quote beside Joe Burrow's face. And that's my only thought about that. I don't like it. There's got to be stuff down there. There's always stuff down the field. Somewhere there's something. And even if it's not like 30 yards down the field, maybe it's 15 yards down the field, find the intermediate game. Because that really should be there. Like if they're if they're gonna play cover four and drop everybody deep, you're gonna get first downs like they 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 got at some points in the games with with check downs where guys are that far off. But it, you know, if they're if they're playing cover two, if they're playing cover six, there's intermediate stuff out there. So anyway, there's stuff down the field. It doesn't all have to be, you know, passes at the line of scrimmage. It doesn't have to all be screen game. There's so much screen game, and that did help with the run, but I, I just I don't like the quote, and I, I hope that uh, well, you know they do some study and they find something. Well, yeah, here's why: is because if that's it, if it's like, oh, well, they're doing this, we can't do it. Well, then what are we doing? <laughs> what what are we doing? Like, it's it can't be that simple. It's okay, not, it just, it's just not it, that simple. It, and I know, but it can't be that it can't be that easy to beat this Bengals team with all this firepower. Ah, oh, ran too high. I mean, if they're doing that, and I just got a dink and dunk, and hope Samaj Piran breaks three tackles, which he did a lot tonight, uh, to to get first downs and just runs over guys. Like really, like <laughs> come on. So, yeah. and with that, it's a good way to segue yeah. to the running backs. That's to the right. running backs. I, I could go negative for another hour, all right? So uh, the thing is, is we have a week of shows and plenty of time to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's talk about a little good. Joe Mixon looked pretty good. Samaje Pirine looked pretty good. This run game, signs of life. It has a pulse, Jake Lisko. Yeah, I think the big thing for me here is that it was working from gun. They, they kind of said, you know what? The wide zone stuff isn't working today. They tried to toss early in the game. Didn't work. They, they tried some crack plays early in the game with wide receivers trying to crack block. Defensive ends didn't work. And then they adjusted. And that was great to see. They, they stopped doing that stuff. It took a little bit longer than it should have. It took them five drives to get there. After the first four drives of the game, it was all right. Don't run the ball the rest of the game. Drop back every play. If you have to use a passing game as an extension of the running game, fine, but stop running the ball. Then they figured it out. And what they did is they, they started running, instead of the zone stuff that they really like, and they've tried to build this offense around for Zach Taylor's entire tenure in Cincinnati, and it seems like they've only gotten right for a handful of games here or there. And this offensive line has not been great executing wide zone or split zone from under center. They, they went in the gun. And they started running duo. They started running power. They ran counter. And, and it was all working. And so I, I'm excited to see the tape on that stuff and see how clean it was. But Joe Mixon, it felt like, got downhill much more decisively than he had in previous weeks. And while, you know, I would still like to see Mixon breaking some more tackles, looking a little bit more bursty than he did, he, he generally played pretty well and found some of the yards that were there which we haven't seen consistently this year. Five and a half yards of carry, that's pretty good. 
And Samaj P. Ryan in his three carries, also five and a half yards a carry, a little bit more, 5.7 yards per carry. And that speaks to an offensive line that's finding, or, or, or for one game anyway, found some success. And this is what was really surprising to me about this game. Coming into the game, I thought, advantage passing offense, disadvantage rushing offense. I thought Justin Matabike, Kalias Campbell, this Ravens defense would be good enough but they just were daring the Bengals to run the whole game. And for once, the Bengals punished a team for continuing to drop guys back into too high, and, and they ran the ball well. And that's where their points came from late in the game as drives that were set off set up from the run. And now there are some things frustrating about that. We'll set that aside and, and just think about the fact that they found something here in, mm-hmm. in the gun running game. Burrow talked about it. It took a little bit too long, like, like he said. It didn't really find it until – late in the first half, second half, and they can build off that with the play-action game out of the gun. If you're running out of the gun, you can build off that with the play-action game out of the gun. I would like to see that. So that was one thing that was encouraging in this game. And and for the most part, they stopped going under center at that point, which is what I wanted them to do. It's like the under center game is not working tonight. Burroughs pick, I think, was under center on play-action. Running game wasn't working under center. Passing game wasn't working under center. And then they mostly went to the gun for the rest of the game with with a handful of under center plays mixed in. Yeah, the and I'm not going to turn the positive into a negative, but I just I do have to tie it together because I can feel people <laughs> listening. The fact yeah. that the ground game does get going and you're on the goal line and Mixon doesn't get touches at any yeah. touches. It's even in the moment, like one of the best things that they had done all day on offense was that. So um, that said, there really isn't. Any negatives to stay about this defense, man? I mean, if you would have told me, I got one. Time, if 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 you want me to, but yeah. let's let's not. Yeah, I mean, you can in a second. But if you would have told me nineteen points, and they weren't perfect, but nineteen points tonight, I'd have said, "Sign me up. Let's go. Let's roll with it." Now, the the negatives would be, man, Devin Duvernay. It's just why is he so slippery and 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 just finding ways to get him the ball and they, they the the. Lamar Jackson, if he could just drop the ball anywhere close mm-hmm. to his receivers uh, in the third quarter there, the game would have been a, a little different because they would have mm-hmm. scored a touchdown, and, and he left one out there. So um, overall, though, the defense I thought played well. This is a a tough matchup, I think, with the way the, the Ravens wanted to run the ball and and not having DJ Reader, you certainly missed that. But I thought they hung tight, and, and if you would have said 19 points, I would have taken it now. It should have been 26, and then it changes things. But uh, they escaped with 19, so overall good effort by the defense. Yeah, who knows what it should have been. They, they get the turnover on downs where, you're right, He, he uh, Lamar Jackson misses two deep passes, one to Devin DuVernay, one to Tylen Wallace. Yeah. Both on – well, one of them was just, uh, you know, DuVernay getting behind the defense. He, he gets Von Bell – and and then there's a bracket, I think, is probably quarter, quarter, half. And there's a bracket from Eli Apple outside trying to run with him. And neither of those guys run with Devin Duvernay. And Lamar Jackson barely overthrows him. But the other one was a bad miss. Tyler Wallace just getting behind uh, Eli Apple over there. The other thing is um, the run D really felt the absence of DJ Reader. Lamar Jackson played poorly tonight in the passing game. I thought 19 to 32, 174. Defensive line, though, played really well, really disruptive, I thought. Trey Hendrickson, this close a couple times, Mm -hmm. really close to to really changing the game. Jermaine Pratt batting that pass up in the air, almost had a pick. 
I mean, the linebackers in general, the, the linebackers, Pratt and Wilson, both as spies, came in there, got some good hits on Lamar Jackson, didn't let him get loose too much as a scrambler. But then, you know, the, the run D was problematic. That, that's that's the, the wart on the game for the defense is they couldn't really get the run stops when they needed to. And if the Ravens had just been more patient with the run and just ran the ball the entire game and leaned on that more than they did, they had 28 carries, 12 of those Lamar Jackson. They uh, and, and J.K. Dobbins is on a pitch count, so maybe that's part of it. They don't like their depth. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the, there was a lot there that the Ravens could have capitalized on that they kind of didn't when they started throwing the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, other comments on the defense from me, James, would just be really like Luana Rumo's third down packages early, getting Daxel on the field, using Cheeto on Mark Andrews and man coverage. I thought that was clever. I don't know where that went. Uh, later in the game, it was Mark Andrews against Trey, Trey Flowers. I, I don't know what changed there for Luana Rumo, but I thought Dax Hill, nice play on Isaiah Likely at one point in the game. Uh, Cheeto on Mark Andrews, I think, is creative when you get uh, when, you, when you get those heavy looks, those extra tight end looks from the Ravens, and, and I like that from the Bengals. And uh, then, then the other thing was the end of game. This is a third end-of-game situation where the other team has needed a field goal to score and, and the defense hasn't really been up to the task. So if you're going to pick at anything, it would be those end-of-game situations to run defense tonight. But generally speaking, I thought the linebackers played really well. I thought, I thought the, the front played well. I, I guess specifically Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard played really well as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Dax Hill. How about that? Yeah. Getting out there, making a big play. Third down, Third down. Uh, against Get the fellow the rookie, but still, yeah, it's good. That one had to feel good, but yeah, uh, it's third time in a row now, third loss in a row where it's it's this last second, just you know, heartbreaking type fashion. And you're right, the defense, you want them to get a stop. It's just in today's league, you see it. it just did you have any doubt Lamar was getting those yards? I didn't. I, th- th- this wasn't a a five story game. You know, to me, yeah. I, I wrote I had a a lead in, a, a, you know, about the Bengals potentially winning. And then the moment there was two minutes, you know, 158 left. I'm like, oh, no, the Ravens are going to win. And I completely changed my story around. And then that was it. And uh, there's too yeah. much time left for sure. It's, and, and you know, like as soon as the Ravens got the first first down on that drive, that's the roll right away, yeah. right away. And it's like, oh, OK, so this is how it goes. You know, if, if you get them to third and 10, it feels different. Or even third and, and just, seven. The, the longest third down was third and two on that drive. See. So, so that, only there, is third some criti- down. there is some criticism there. And honestly, look, this team, no one's playing perfect. Mm-hmm. No, there, there's nothing that I'm like, man, they can't get any better. They, they have a lot of issues and, and things that they have to fix. Also, shout out to Von Bell, man. Yeah. Look at him. Just, he, he's uh, he's going to wake up at 4 a.m. and get a lift in. He might That's not right. even go to sleep tonight. He wakes up so early. That dude uh, really sparked them. I mean, without that interception, they may go down. You know, they were already down 10 nothing. They may go down 13 nothing or 17 nothing. And instead, they flipped it, and it was tied at halftime. And I think it had a lot to do with his play. whole lot of really nice open field tackles from Von Bell as well. Also, shout out generally tackling on Lamar was pretty good for most of the game. Last drive, uh, again, notwithstanding here. As soon as the Ravens started running the ball on that last drive, though, didn't didn't feel great. Zach Zach Carter, one one great tackle on Lamar Jackson when he steps up to scramble. Trey Hendrickson had another one, just getting enough. 
So uh, some some things to like about this defense, some things that the defense certainly can build on the next time the Bengals play the Ravens in week 18. Man, that still feels week 18. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It's getting a little bit late, and I don't remember how many weeks are in the NFL season right now. It's 18, right, James? Yep, that's right. Okay, thanks. That's going to do it. We'll be back tomorrow. More coverage on this game. We'll get into some film this week as well. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.